0: because the fortune is always in the follow-up. And that's the part we talked about. We said that money is very touchy. Most people do not want to have to do the follow-up phone calls. But here's the thing. If you have a contract and people haven't paid you, just as you were confident to ask for the sale, you have to be just as confident to ask for the money. And if that's not your thing, then you find people that can come alongside you and do that. And I understand that because especially if you're a solopreneur, you're doing all the things. Your sales, your marketing, your social media, your billing, your payables, you know, all the things. And I get it. But the thing is, you also have to understand that even though there's an expectation that you're going to get paid, it's your responsibility to do the follow-up. The fortune is always in the follow-up.
1: Welcome to a new season of Start Right Here, where I talk to pop Beauty Pros about breaking into beauty, standing out, and defining success for themselves. I'm your host, Corinne Corbett, And I'm OG beauty director turned consultant, but I'm also a dot connector who links others with people, ideas, and information. And I do this show because I am an advocate for creating an equitable, inclusive beauty industry. And this show is one way to bring you the information if you want to take a seat at the table or build one of your own. Let's get started with the show. Welcome to the Start Right Here bonus series. Here is where we tackle the practical subjects that will enhance your beauty career or your path in beauty entrepreneurship. Today, we're talking about the money entrepreneurs might be leaving on the table. I'm happy to welcome Dr. Dee Bowden, founder of BCS Solutions. She is a revenue recovery specialist and the author of the book, Collect the Cash. Welcome, Dee.
0: Thank you, Corinne. Happy Saturday to all y'all. This is great to be here. I'm so excited to get into this conversation of what had happened was in collections. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, because that's what it is, what had happened.
0: Oh, so, it's always what had happened was.
1: Tell us a little bit about your background.
0: Sure thing. Here's how the story goes. So I'm Dee Bowden. I'm originally from Boston. I now live in a great city of Maryland. My fun facts are I love Ferris wheels, smooth jabs, and great wines, both red and white. People ask me, What's up with the Ferris Wheels? I said, Oh, because I'm the Ferris Wheel person because I got buddies who love roller coasters. I can't deal with all that twisting and turning. I like calm. I need calm. So it's Ferris Wheels, smooth jazz, and great wine. Everything that's calm and peaceful. Those are my things. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about your vocation. Sure. So you want to know the what had happened was how did I end up into this revenue recovery space? Exactly, exactly. Because okay. money is
1: a touchy subject. So people who embrace the idea of making it, but when we talk about it. Yeah, there are a lot of us who are
0: anxious about it, prepared for all yeah. of the, all the things, things that we need to know. Yeah. Well, first of all, great question. So, 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 so to your to your fabulous audience. So what had happened was about 18 years ago. I used to work for a small IT company outside of Boston, where I'm originally from. Corinne, you've worked in corporate. I've worked in corporate, so you know how it is. You is welcome aboard. Here's your cubicle or your office. Here's your box and here's your plant. I kind of make it as a joke. But what had happened was they had a team of collectors that there were a team of people that were collecting money for this IT company. And so when I got hired, they had eight million dollars owed to this company. Let me eight say it again. Million. Eight million dollars. So when I got hired, they were like, your resume says you know how to collect. I said, OK, I'm going to go collect. I'm a believer. So I had a short conversation with God, had my prayer. And what came up out of it was that business-to-business collections in the beauty space or any other space is four things. It's problem-solving, answering the question of what had happened, which means how come the money hasn't come into the bank. Number two, it's customer service. Whenever you don't get a product or a service delivered correctly, you as the owner or whoever works with you has to solve that problem for the customer. It's gratitude. It's the people who take your phone call, who solve the problem, who cut the check, who do the things. And then the last thing, as you and I both know, is relationship building everything in business and in life is always relationships it's always relationships because i jokingly say you can't do everything over 144 characters <laughs> right back to the story so i get hired i get my cube i get my clues and then i go to work and i literally start making phone calls i literally get a list of accounts and this is eight million dollars is a balance and i was like wow like the first thought was okay what were these other people doing that they couldn't collect this money that's the first thought and the second that's right. okay I need to figure out how to do this. So I'm a problem solver by nature. I've always been that curious person. It's like, okay, if something isn't working, if the system doesn't make sense, I'm always trying to figure out the why behind the what. So my why behind the what was, how come y'all are owed this much money? So in 60 days, I recovered $6 million. 60 days, I recovered $6 million. And here's the cool part. I was a part-time person. I only worked Monday through Friday, four to eight. Now, after I collect my part, as I said at the beginning of the story, I'm part of a team. I helped collect the money. The CEO of the company says, Let's go downstairs and have a chat. Now, if you've ever been in sales, salespeople usually get commissions when they close a new client. I thought we were going to get a bonus. Nah. We come downstairs and he says, listen, thank you all so very much for your service across contracts, order entry, order fulfillment, invoicing, which is bills, account receivable, which is me, collections, and all the people. Thank you so much. Executive decisions made. We're closing the company today. you got 30 minutes to go pack up your box and leave the building two months before Christmas. So after that extraordinary experience happened to me i started thinking about this was a small company 100 Mm -hmm. people or less now whatever industry you're in this can happen we watched this story on fleek during covid right people had products and sales and projections and money they were expecting to make and they looked up and they're like oh crap i'm not getting paid or i can't make my sales or whatever so a few years ago i told this story to my book coach and she was like d your why is you want small business owners to win. And so we play double dutch and he helped me to get the story out. So we created the book called Collect the Cash. But it was all for me telling this one story and realizing that people's lives, when they go to work for you, whether you're in the beauty industry or whatever industry, when people attach themselves to your goal, your vision, it's your responsibility to make sure that the money Correct, I say it this way collect the cash. The sale is not complete until the money's in the bank, but you must collect it first. And if you don't like collecting money, then you need to have somebody that's trained and skilled on how to do this. Because you said at the top of the hour, money is a very touchy subject, personally and professionally. When we got to go negotiate a salary, we're trying to get the most money because if you don't get it negotiated right the first time, there's not a second chance to redo what you did. And the same thing with collecting your money when you have that sale. For your product or your service, the expectation is that the person who's buying from you is going to pay you. Now, whether they're paying you upfront or they're paying you over payment terms, meaning you have a deposit and then in 30 days you're and then 30 days and 30 days, the expectation is that we entered into an agreement and you're going to pay me. And then what do I do if I don't get paid? And we'll get into that. But that's how I got here is because of what happened to me personally. And then I didn't say this, but I don't have kids. So collect the cash is kind of my kid and my legacy It's the thing I'm going to leave behind when I'm no longer here is that I hopefully there's enough podcast interviews and books and all the things that are written so that if you ever Google me or whatever this new service will be in the future, you'll be able to find me and collect the cash and you'll get my tips, tools, and strategies on how to make sure you have your money in the bank. Because I didn't want to see what happened to me happen to anybody else. And then, like I said, I watched my story live during COVID and I personally like theater. So this was personal. So when they shut down Broadway, I was like, okay, y'all are for real, for real playing Y'all shut down Broadway. Because think right. about it, Broadway is a multimillion dollar business. And every theater in Times Square in New York City is its own business. And they have shows. And then, then they have people who had contracts for chotskys and t-shirts and all the things, all the sales projections that they were expecting to make based on those shows running, those shows were canceled, which means people lost money, people lost sales. And I kept watching my story happen over and over and over again. I'm like, okay, so clearly nobody's talking about this. So I came on to talk about this and make it not be so scary, but for you to understand, right. it's a part of the sales cycle. You start off right. with a sale. So let's
1: talk about the sales cycle a little bit. Sure. So I think that a lot of times we think about just getting our product sold. But if you are a business that makes product or you are a business that makes componentry for somebody, so you're doing B2B. So mm-hmm. we're talking about B2B and B2C. B2C often is easier to collect the cash because they have to pay you in order to get the product. But right. when we're talking B2B and payment terms, It gets Mm -hmm. a little bit more complicated. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about where complication sets in, because a lot of times we think we're making a good deal, but we haven't read the terms correctly.
0: Oh, oh, wait, not, 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 not reading the terms. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so in business, when you enter into an agreement with somebody to sell your services, It's really important that you read the terms and conditions. I break it down in layman's terms. It's, okay, what are you buying from me? What do we agree to? What are the terms? The terms are, okay, there's a deposit. and Then there's going to be three more installment payments. And then if a payment is missed, it's got to be stated somewhere that if we run into a difficulty with, okay, after we make the deposit, I provide the service. And then I go to swipe your card or you pay me and it doesn't happen. I'm not going to continue offering you services. We need to talk. And I think that's the part that most people don't want to do is because it's like, oh, I don't want to have to get on the phone and talk to you. But what people don't understand is that whenever you don't collect the cash, you have to go into problem solving. And I think that's the art that people have gotten away from because it's like, okay, let me just text you. Sometimes you have to go old school and have a conversation and say, okay, listen, we signed this contract. You signed it. I signed it. Where's the breakdown? Oh, well, I was waiting on a payment from such and such client and didn't come in, which is why I can't pay you. Okay, well, you need to convey that. And that's what people don't do. People don't talk. People think that I can just read your mind. I'm like, no, we have to talk about it. And here's the thing. In your contract terms, you need to spell out that if a payment is missed, then services are put on hold until we rectify that issue. And then you fix it. And then if it can't be fixed, you may also take a loss. But the goal of this session is for you not to lose any more money, but you also have to be prepared for it, which means you need to have margins so that if a sale doesn't come through, if something does go left, you're going to be okay. And that's the phrase people don't talk about a lot.
1: Right. So you're an entrepreneur. And if you don't have your accounts receivable set up properly, what's the boomerang effect or the impact on the overall business?
0: Oh, first boomerang effect cash flow, which means you have no coins, no bag to do anything. You can't pay yourself. You can't pay for advertising. If you have a staff of one or more, you can't pay them. Being able to track your payments is just as important as tracking your sales. It's just as important. Here's a great way I can explain it. Everybody who's listening, y'all have cell phones, whether your team, iPhone or Android. The cell phone story will teach you why you need to make sure you're tracking everything from the beginning. So, welcome to such and such phone store. Hey, D, what brings you in today? Oh, my phone isn't working. Oh, but well, what's wrong? Before they even start to diagnose the problem, they take your driver's license, they scan it into the system, and they confirm that you are who you say you are. So, first step is they, oh, you know, you're eligible for an upgrade? No, I didn't know I was eligible for an upgrade. I wasn't even looking for an upgrade, but the idea of the sale has already started. So the first thing of this tracking system, which we're gonna learn about what can happen if you don't track your payments is this. So step, column number one is sales with the phone. Second is that you enter into a contract when you buy a phone automatically. They set up terms, payments, what are you buying, whether you buy the phone outright or you're making monthly payments. So there's a new sale, there's a new contract. Order entry is when they take the back of the box, which it has a barcode, and they scan that information, and they put that information on in your account. So now you have Samsung 20. Now you're up to Samsung 21, 2, or 3, whatever it is today. And all the information is now uploaded into your system. So there's a sale, new contract, order entry, order fulfillment. There's 10 phones in the back. They just sold you one. Now it is nine. So you're keeping track of your inventory. Sale, contract, order entry, order fulfillment. Corinne, when would you like your bill from the phone company? you say, oh, I usually pay my invoices on the 15th, the 20th, or whatever. Okay, great. We're going to put your information in that you will receive the bill from the phone company on such and such a date. That's accounts payable. The company bills you. Accounts receivable is that you pay them. So sales, contract, order entry, order fulfillment, accounts payable, accounts receivable. And then when you're getting your new phone, because they basically will tell you, oh, we can transfer your phone from this to this. We can take a credit. And then they watch you over to the register. And they ask you, how would you like to pay for this? You say cash, credit, or debit. But here's the thing. You don't get to leave the phone store until you have these two magical words, transaction approved, because you're not leaving the phone store until all those things I just described happen. So if you're in the beauty industry, product industry, service industry, you have to track your sales, your contract, your orders, your payments. And then I forgot one thing, notes. You should always have a notes section so that if something goes left or right, you're tracking what happens. So for example, with that phone system I just described, if I got home and I was supposed to have a new gadget for the phone, and I get home and I look at my receipt and something is wrong, I would go back right back up to the phone store and say, "How can I speak to the person who sold me this phone? You know, you promised me this, this, this and this and I'm missing this." You expect them to do problem solving off the bat and do customer service. You expect them to hear your story, Fix it, do gratitude, and maintain that good customer relationship because they know in these social media streets, it's 30 seconds. Hi, I was just in such and such store. And I had a horrible experience. And next thing you know, that thing is global and the company's reputation is messed up. The expectation is that they're going to solve your problem. So those are the things that can happen. So if you, As a business owner, if you don't track your customers and track your payments, you won't know how much money you have for the month. So you can either meet payroll, plan for advertising, plan for expansion. It's all the things. If you have to order products, if you're short on cash, you can't order more products.
1: Right. So if you are somebody with a retail store or if you're selling to a retail store, because then they become the customer that has to pay you. Yep. You have to look closely at their payment model because it may not be 30 days. And you have to say, is it upon delivery or what are the terms? So it's so funny that we use websites all the time and there's terms and conditions and websites. Absolutely. Nobody reads them. Not a one. (laughs) Right. It's like, oh, we just accept that. Just like people click and accept cookies. Lots of people accept cookies, Mm -hmm. not knowing what they're accepting. So we're not reading the terms and conditions for payments. That's when we can have a serious problem.
0: Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's one of the things you have to make sure of is that when you enter into a contract, you ask them, what are your payment terms? So for example, if you're doing deliver of a product or service, is it payment upon receipt? That means when you deliver the service or the product, EFT, electronic funds transfer or ACH or cash or credit, however they're gonna pay you, that's one thing. Or is it net 30, which means you're going to invoice them and they're gonna pay you in 30 days. It all depends on how you structured your payment terms. A lot of us are used to doing everything upfront. So example, You make a payment, you swipe a credit card, you do it through PayPal, you do it through Square, you do it through Stripe. The expectation is that when I swipe the credit card, the payment comes through. Now, usually it takes about 24 hours, but the point is that it's done. If you're dealing in payment terms where it's contractual, where it might be net 30, 60 or 90, you have to know that up front. And you also have to be prepared for, if I don't get paid in 30 days, do I have enough of savings or funds available that can carry me over while I'm waiting for these payments to come through? And that's something I think a lot of people don't plan for.
1: Right. Let's just talk a little bit about planning. So it's not just cost of goods that you have to think about. Mm-mm. You know, personnel, you know, cost of goods, but you also have to consider what is the cushion that you need and then mm-hmm. how that impacts the runway before you're going to run out of cash.
0: Exactly. And that's why the tracking system is so important because you need to know, okay, if I have a client that's at $10,000, so let us say one contract is worth $10,000 and then let's say you're invoicing them so you have one client that's at ten thousand the expectation is either in 30 60 or 90 days you're going to have ten thousand dollars and then you have to invoice them and a follow-up as soon as you submit your product you invoice them and you're following up to make sure did you get my invoice is everything correct and then you're tracking when is a payment coming in because you need to know every month how much revenue am i going to have in my account so i can do the things i need to do and if a payment is missed what do you have in place to do the follow-up? Because the fortune is always in the follow-up. And that's the part we talked about when we said that money is very touchy. Most people do not want to have to do the follow-up phone calls. But here's the thing. If you have a contract and people haven't paid you, just as you were confident to ask for the sale, you have to be just as confident to ask for the money. And if that's not your thing, then you find people that can come alongside you and do that. And I understand that because especially if you're a solopreneur, you're doing all the things, your sales, your marketing, your social media, your billing, your payables, you know, all the things. And I get it. But the thing is, you also have to understand that even though there's an expectation that you're going to get paid, it's your responsibility to do the follow-up. The fortune is always in the follow-up. It's always there.
1: So let's talk about this because a lot of people are solopreneurs or have small staffs. How important is it to include somebody So it might be an accountant that's looking like bookkeeper, but that's not Mm -hmm. the same as somebody who's looking at accounts receivable, is it?
0: It can be. Now, the bookkeeper can do both. Now, if you have a bookkeeper, ask him or her, what do your skills cover? Do you cover billing? Do you cover collections? Because there are some people that say, oh, the only thing I do is I just set up your chart of accounts and I just track all your expenses. That's all I do. Then you're like, "Mm, "Okay, so you don't do billing and you don't do collections. Okay, so if you want to get a bookkeeper, you need to get somebody that's well-rounded in setting up, tracking all of your expenses plus doing your invoicing, plus collecting the cash. Because that way that person is working in partnership with you. Because here's the thing, even though you are fantastic at all the things, all of us drop the ball somewhere. All of us drop the ball somewhere in your business, there's so many moving parts. You've got sales, you've got marketing now in this social media world, you got to market all the time. Then you've got to go prospect to get new clients. And then you've got to have the sales conversation. Then you've got to get over the fact that, okay, you were counting on this client to buy so many bundles of whatever. And it's like, oh crap, they're not buying it. Now you've got to get up from that, shake yourself off, say your affirmations and get up again and keep moving. Because here's the thing that people don't talk about. I was being funny, but I'm serious. The affirmation, you have to do a lot of self-talk, especially as a solopreneur, because you have to remind yourself that you went into business to make a profit, but also to make a difference. That's why you went into business, just like me. I went into business to make money and to make a difference. And there are sometimes on this entrepreneurial journey you hit roadblocks. Sometimes it's mental. Sometimes you've been prospecting, 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 trying to get somebody to buy your service, your product or something. in the third, and you're hitting wall after wall after wall. And you got to figure out how to get yourself back up again and keep going. And sometimes you have to admit, okay, I just didn't handle that really well. That happens. And you got to admit that. you got to regroup and you got to get up again. But here's the thing. Your why has to be bigger than just making money. That's why I said you make money, make a profit, and make a difference. You got to see it as your business is service. Your business is service. All the great companies that we admire today, yes, they're making great money, but what are they doing? They are serving a need. All of them. Yeah. yeah. All of them. Serving
1: a need, solving a problem. Yep. Or bringing joy into somebody's life in some way. I love this idea that when hiring a bookkeeper, you look at skills, not just to. can you set it up, but what else can you offer me? Because I might need this. Is there software that people can use to keep track of
0: their stuff? I'm old school, so I like Excel, but I know most people use QuickBooks. I know people use QuickBooks. And the thing is, you can Google it and say, okay, what's the best software for me to use for my accounting systems? I know most people use QuickBooks. I think there's something called Wave, but I know QuickBooks for sure. That's not my land of expertise, but I'll tell you this. If you don't like using Excel, which you can set up your tabs and the columns, get yourself QuickBooks. And then you can go on quickbooks.com and I'm pretty sure they actually have people that are actually QuickBook experts that you can partner with and talk to them about. Hey, listen, I'm looking for this. Here's something you gotta get good with. Even if you don't know, always ask the questions. Don't be afraid to ask the question. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I just told y'all, I don't know QuickBooks and that's not my ministry. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's not my ministry. But here's the thing, Google is a great resource. And if you are in a relationship with other business owners, just ask them, hey, what do you use for your accounting system? Or like I say, go to Google. Hey, what do you recommend? And it'll give you a list of things. And then, like I said, I think you can go to QuickBooks.com. I'm pretty sure they have a little chat button that comes up and says, hey, how can we help you today? And you might say, hey, I want to make sure I set up my systems correctly. What do you recommend? Also, if you have friends that have accountants or have CPAs in your network, ask them, what do you recommend? Don't be afraid to ask the questions. None of us knows what all of us knows, but if you don't ask the question, you're not going to know at all.
1: Love that. Let's talk a little bit about what happened. So I had a net 30 or I had a net 60 and I didn't get paid. And you said have a conversation, but how do you have an effective conversation with a vendor?
0: Sure thing. First off, the way you have effective conversation is with the vendor. One, do you have a copy of your invoice? That's step one. Before you get on the phone, you got to do the prep work. So where's your invoice? And you got to make sure that your invoice was prepared properly. Is the information on there correctly? the name of your vendor and all their information, your information, what do they buy from you, sneakers, services, whatever. And on the invoice, does it say the payment terms? Does it say if there are any questions, email us at you know, info at accountspayable.com. So check your invoice to make sure it was prepared properly. Number two, I speak from corporate because that's more of my experience. But if you're dealing with a vendor that deals with payment terms, accounts payable. Hi, this is Corinne or this is D from and Such Company. Can I speak to the person accounts payable? Please. Hey, sure, this is Susie, Shaniqua, whatever her name is. How you doing today? Great, thanks, how are you? Listen, I'm following up on the status of my invoice number, blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, hold on, give me a second, please. Let me look in the system. Oh, you know what, we never received it. Excuse me? You never received it. Can I confirm with you the email I was supposed to send it to? Oh, yeah, it was info at... Oh, I'm sorry, we changed it. Now it's admin at or whatever. Oh, okay, can you do me a favor, please? Can you shoot me an email with that real quick? Because you know what, here's the thing. I would need to do a course correction because I made this mistake once, but I don't wanna do it again. Can you just shoot me that real quick? Yeah, sure, blah, 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 blah. All right, you know what? Am I able to send you a revised invoice? And then can you confirm receipt? Sure, okay, and now I need to find out, okay, we can do this so I can get the course correction, submit a revised invoice, And then when is the next payment run? When is the next check run? When a payment's being issued? Oh, it'll be scheduled for this date. Can you confirm that for me in email and writing, please? I just want to make sure because I'm doing my follow-up on the phone call. I'm getting all the things I need in an email. And then you close it with, thank you so much for taking my phone call. Thank you so much for explaining that we made a mistake. And thank you for ensuring that we're going to get paid. Appreciate it. And you're done. Bye. That's it. Easy breezy.
1: Yeah, so that's great when you've made a mistake, but... When the company makes a mistake, especially if this is a longstanding vendor, you don't want it to devolve, like say, into a shouting match. But as you talked about relationship building, is this where you lean in? If you have a
0: contact at the company, do you reach out? Absolutely. So if your client made a mistake, first of all, you have to acknowledge it because it's the elephant that's in the room. It's got to be acknowledged. That's the first thing. And then the skill of problem solving is, OK, how can we work to get this to resolution? That's the question you're asking. How can we get this resolution? You know what? We acknowledge the mistake was made. A data entry area was made. It was sent to the wrong department, whatever the issue is. How can we work together to resolve this? And if you're not the person that can help me, can you connect me to the person that can? That's one. Number two, if you have a contract inside the company, absolutely. You have to leverage all your tools. (laughs) You absolutely have to leverage all your tools. Because a lot of times what happens is, especially if you're dealing in contracts, a lot of times things get caught in the weeds. And it was sent to this box. And then it had to be electronically sent to this box. And then somebody else had to sign off on it and on and on. And And a step might have been missed. And you're not going to know that because of course, previously, it's gone through the system, check, box, check, box, checks, box, checks, and then boom, the check came. And somehow a box didn't get checked, which means your money isn't being released. But you're not going to know that because that's the weeds part. But like I said earlier, this is all about problem solving. So if the vendor made a mistake or client made a mistake, you have to declare, I'm working to get this to resolution. It's a mindset shift. It's that, Okay, we have an issue. We need to get this to resolution. How can we do this? And then sometimes you have to ask the questions and then sometimes you just have to take notes and let them tell you. And if you made a mistake, own it and then fix it. I think people just don't like taking responsibility. There's like I never do that. I'm like, yeah, no, you did. And just own it and then fix it. I believe in course correction. Listen, I live by course correction. I'm the type that listen. If I made a mistake, I'm the first one. I'm going to tell you. Yep. I made a mistake. because either a when I look back over my notes, I realize I missed a step. That's number one. Number two, I might've gotten the information wrong. Number three, I just could have been off that day and just didn't, just, just, just didn't. Okay, got it. Now, how do we course correct and then do that? And then understand that, yes, you're in the relationship building business, but you also have to understand sometimes you have to give people grace. I think people forget that part. People make mistakes. Now, the thing is, if the mistake keeps happening, then that's a different issue because then you got to get to the bottom of what happened because maybe it was the information that was conveyed incorrectly. Maybe it was put into the system wrong. Maybe somebody is new and just doesn't understand the way you process things. It could be a myriad of things, but that's the problem-solving thing. And I think that when you're able to get to the why behind the what of what went wrong and then you're willing to fix it, think about it like this. When I shared the cell phone story, whatever phone we're up to now with Samsung, I think it's 21. But don't you know there was a Samsung one? Think about it. There was a Samsung one and an iPhone one. They're up to whatever number it is today, 14, 15, whatever number it is. The point is they started with something. They put it out into the market. They got feedback. They got information information. Then they said, okay, we're going to go back and we're going to course correct it. we're going to make a better version. And they've keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. Y'all get system updates all the time. It's nothing like when your phone gets hijacked, you're in the middle of something. It's like the software comes in and all of a sudden it's like it does a download. You're like, wait, I was in the middle of something. The point is, is that if the phone companies can do this and they keep making corrections and keep making adjustments, why? Because they want to put out the best product. You have to do the same thing in your space.
1: Right. So you're making the best product and that means and running your best business is acknowledging what you don't know and getting exactly. people that can help you do that. And if you're not good with money, get good with money or get somebody who is. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the Start Right Here podcast and leave a review. Also, you can sign up for our mailing list at TheBeRoundTable.com. So you will be on the know about all the good things coming. There comes a time where there may be a scenario in which you've tried the relationships, you've tried your (laughs) follow-ups, you've tried all of those things. And you're sort of up against the wall with getting payment from someone. And a lot of people hire someone like you, but what are your options then? You don't write it off. You don't leave money on the table, do you?
0: Sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. Tell
1: me more about that.
0: Okay. If you decide to write it off, one, that's a business decision because that means that you have exhausted all of your options. So you've sent follow-up letters, you've asked for the payment, you've done second letters, you've done third letters, you may have considered to take them to small claims court, you might have sent them to a collections attorney and turn the account over to them and let them do it. Or you decide, you know what, this is just a headache and I just don't want to be bothered. And sometimes you have to make that decision. And that's that's a personal decision, number one, because that's going to be based on how much revenue you have in your bank accounts. And are you good with, if I lose this $10,000 or however much money, is it going to impact the overall health of my business? So that's one. Number two, I don't want to ever see anybody losing any money. I'm in the revenue recovery business. I don't want you to lose your money, but sometimes you have to decide because sometimes the client and the level of stress that you're going through to try to get back this money isn't worth it. And if it's impacting your health, mm-mm. listen, all money ain't good money. And sometimes you just got to go, I'm just going to take this loss. But here's the thing. If you take the loss, make sure you learn the lessons. I'll Ooh, say it again. Say that again. because that's, that's If, you, right if you take the loss, make sure you learn the lessons. And here's some of the lessons. One. When you look at this vendor that you did business with, was there ever an inkling, a flag that came up that said, mm, I'm not sure about this? If you had that first, mm, I'm not sure about this. That was a sign that maybe there's something you need to look at, whatever the it is. Number two, look at your payment history with them. Was there always drama, drama stress, and drama with them every time you had to go collect money? If they were a person that was like, I'm going to pay you today, and you, the end of the day comes and the payment didn't come in, and then you get on the phone with them and there's always a story. That's the lesson. Okay. Clearly, you have to do things differently. That means, okay, if you work with anyone like that again, you either get all your money up front, number one. Number two, you get half in front, and the second half, and then your payment terms are, and I'm not an attorney, so I'm just going to say it the way I would say it, you know, Basically, work stops until all the payments are caught up. Three, you have to be okay with that sometimes all clients aren't good clients and all money isn't good money. And the lesson is that, okay, in order to do this again, what systems do you have in place? What's your follow-up system for when you're not getting paid? Do you have emails that go up automatically? Do you have somebody that's doing the follow-up calls? Are you okay with the fact that this was a hard lesson, I'm going to learn it, and I'm not going to do this again? And I'm old school. I like notes. If something doesn't work, I'm like, okay, let me make an example of this. I'm going to write down all the things I learned so that I don't do this again. How I learned how to collect the money is because I made mistakes in the beginning. I had to learn that Accounts receivable is problem solving because, of course, in my career, you're talking, OK, here's your accounts. Make the calls, make the calls, make the calls. And I was like, Mm-mm, that doesn't work because I have to build a relationship with the person on the other end of the phone who owes me the money. And if I'm just like, hey, you owe my money. Da, 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 that's not working. What I discovered was I get on the phone. I'm polite. I thank you for taking my phone call. I make a connection with you. I do the follow-up and I always say thank you at the end. And I've learned that those were the soft skills of AR or collecting the cash that made a difference. Now, of course, there's the aging, which is the report of how much money is owed to you, all the invoice and all that thing. But you also have to understand that money is sensitive anyway and how you handle it is important. And if people on the other end of the phone feel like you're not courteous to them or you're yelling at them or you're disrespectful to them, first of all, you gotta think about it. If I call into you and I'm rude to you, What's going to make you want to help me solve my problem? Nothing. (laughs) Not a daggone thing. They're not. So, how you handle it. Now, listen, we all are human. I get it. Sometimes you're frustrated because the payments haven't come through. But here's the thing that person on the other end, especially if you're dealing in corporate or dealing with vendors, the person on the other end of the phone, unless that's the owner of the company, that person doesn't necessarily write the check. What they do is they help process the check. But how you help that check get processed is how you deal with them. And so, being a practitioner, I had to learn that. So it's always been about building relationships. And I've had people come back to me and say, D, no one has ever come back and said, thank you for our help. And I was like, oh, when I said about get the lesson, thank you. That's why gratitude is one of my things, because I've right. had people in government and corporate and IT and telecom and software tell telling me, especially the people on the brown level, say, D, no one ever comes back and says, thank you. That's OK. I'm going to be that one person. If you help me get this done, I'm going to tell you thank you, period. That's and I always great. do. Thank you. Now let's talk about the book Collector Cash. Yes. Hey, that's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> collect the Cash. So the journey to collect the Cash came about because I told the story to my book coach a couple of years ago and she was like, D your why is you want small business owners to win? I said, yeah. And now here's the crazy part, Corinne. I didn't know that when I told the story. I just knew that I kept seeing people going out of business and losing money. And I was like, this is crazy to me to make no sense. So I took a book writing class with her and she was like, your why is that you want us to win? I said, yeah, I want y'all to win. And so Collect the cash, you know, the sale is not complete until the money's in the bank, came from my personal story. And as I said earlier, I don't have kids, so collect the cash is my kid, is my legacy. And it's the mindset for collecting cash. I say it this way if you're a sports person, you'll appreciate this because everybody who follows sports knows about the zone. Our favorite players, especially right now, I think it's the NBA playoffs, so they're getting into the zone. You see them with headsets on, just like us. They're listening to music or affirmations, all the things they're doing pregame warm-up they're getting ready for game day then there's game day when they're on the court you see them practicing and all the things and then there's post game when they're either celebrating or they're watching film to figure out okay hmm, how can we course correct what we didn't do really well on the court so we can do better the next time well in my book collected cash i actually have a section called the collection zone and it's pre-game what are you saying to yourself before you get on the phone to talk to that customer that could be challenging you have to get your own mindset ready to get on the phone to talk to them Game day. How many calls do you have to make? How many accounts do you have to work on? What's the revenue you want to bring in that day? And then you got to set your mind and keep it set and go get after it. And then postgame is celebrating. I believe in celebrating the wins, whether you collect a dollar or in my case, millions of dollars, all in between. I celebrate every win because what that does is it builds momentum. Because if I get that first dollar, I'm like, oh, yeah, let me step here in this chair a little taller. I done got this first dollar. Listen, I done, let me pop that color. I done popped my color. I got a dollar. Listen, if I got a dollar, I can get five. I can get 10. I can get millions and all the things. But you're building on the momentum. You have to build that collections muscle in the B2B space just as you had to build the sales muscle in the sales space. It's the same thing to me.
1: I like that idea of thinking of it as building a muscle because anything you approach, you're going to start out weak. You're a novice. And it's by concentration, and repetition that you build proficiency in it. So the same as you build a muscle. You're not building a muscle overnight. You're in that gym, building it, lifting the weight, taking the pain, whatever it is. And I love the idea of if you can collect the dollar, you can collect a million. And if you can sell something worth a dollar, you can sell something worth a million dollars. For entrepreneurs, that mindset is so, so important. I understand that. How could people get in touch with you?
0: Well, first of all, Corinne, thank you so very much. This has been such an enjoyable experience. I've had so much fun here. So let me start off with my example of gratitude. So that's why. Listen, y'all. You're
1: welcome. It's been a joy to have you too.
0: Listen, if y'all want to learn how to collect the cash, do this. Go to www.collectthecash.biz forward slash book. That's www.collectthecash.biz forward slash book. Also for your listening audience, I have something called five tips to collect the cash. And if you go to www.collectthecash.biz forward slash book, you should see a thing that says resources. You can actually sign up for a free download and it gives you five tips. Ask for the payment. I tell you about making sure you schedule your reminders. I talk to you about setting up your tracking system. And so if you don't want the book, the five tips will give you the five things every business owner needs to know what to do to make sure you get paid. So
1: let me clarify and say it again, just for the people in the back, she's offering you the five tips every business owner needs to get paid. Everybody who's a business owner or aspires to be one should download it. We yeah. can never yeah. know too much about making sure our cash flow is as healthy as possible.
0: Yep. Yeah. One more time for so. the people in the back. So www.collectthecash.biz forward slash book. That's where you get the book. And you can also get the resource. It's five tips to collect the cash. And it gives you five things that you need to do. So tracking your payments, asking for the payment getting everything in order, all the things. You get the download, you'll get that. And it's a great compliment to the book because if you get the download, you're like, oh man, I need more. Well, if you get the download, then you go get the book, then you have the complete package. And then if you get all that and you're still stuck, you can schedule a call with me and we can talk about how to make sure you stay productive. Because here's the thing, my heart is that business owners have a productive and successful 2023. I wanna see us win. And if you're not winning with your money, because that's everything. Because if you don't win with your money, then you're not going to be winning because if you're struggling to collect the cash, it means you're struggling at the end of your sales cycle because it's sales and AR, they go together.
1: Right. Dee, I can't thank you enough again for being with a guest today. Thank you. you. Taught us a lot. And this is a great way to start the bonus series. Excellent. Thank you so much. That's our show for today. Follow Start Right Here on Instagram at start, underscore right underscore here underscore podcast and check out the last word newsletter for my latest musings on beauty and inclusion